All right, whiskey friends, we're back. Another podcast. <laughs> For your ears. FFS. <laughs> For your listening pleasures. For <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> and first fill spirits. Uh, we decided it's spring, so we're just not going to turn on the heat anymore. <laughs> just ride it out till summer, so we're in our winter coats sipping whiskey. <laughs> and it's a Whiskey Wednesday here in oh, yeah. Saratoga Springs. And yes, we've had some wild weather these past couple of weeks with some snow and some high temperatures and some sunshine. It's been all over the map. Good whiskey drinking weather, to tell you the truth. <laughs> so we're a little delayed in releasing our latest podcast, but I know everyone forgives us. Um, there's no real excuse. It's just multiple little things that got in the way. Travel and St. Patrick's Day events and all and, that stuff. And being a, a business owner. I mean, tell you the truth, the amount of work it takes to um, do what Holly and I are doing here is, I think, a lot. <laughs> and we, we, we're we good at biting off more than we can chew. So Yes, um, we are. <laughs> <laughs> there's no question. I think we're just chewing all the time. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? I mean, I do grind my teeth in my sleep. Maybe that's I mean, literally. We, we we basically do all of this for free, so uh, we haven't paid ourselves anything. This is a hobby. This is a total hobby. Yeah, great. This is actually our house. This might be our last podcast. Well, on. Um, uh, just kidding. Just kidding. much more relaxed. No, I was going to mention something along those lines when we. Talk about actually one of the reasons why we were so busy. It sounds a little bit ridiculous, but uh, we got a lot of new product <laughs> into the shop, a lot. And it seems like, oh, that's cool. You know, you receive it and you punch something, the name, maybe a price into a computer and, and put it on the shelf and there you go. But there's actually a lot more that goes into receiving even just one bottle. Um, the whole shop has been reorganized. Uh, all the information you could ever desire on the website, professional photography. Now I'm just complaining, but it's uh Well, they, they did come fast and furious last <laughs> week. And, you know, we were planning on having a week where we could take a little breather and, and do a <laughs> podcast. And then all of a sudden, these delivery trucks started Kept showing coming. up. And sometimes you just don't know when they're going to come. So we weren't really ready for it. Um and it was exciting, but also very intimidating because it's just a lot of stuff all at once. So good stuff. But. Yeah, we'll talk about that because I think it's a story in and of itself because there's a lot of new brands. But um, we have been up to lots of things. Um, I guess we'll talk about kind of the last couple whiskey weeks. Um, first item to discuss, which has been really fun to watch the the craze over it and see lots of folks from all over the country calling about it, uh, is our Penelope American Light Whiskey, our 13-year-old light whiskey that arrived probably just around when our last podcast was released. And uh, it's been quite uh, quite a fun ride with that one. Yeah, only 66 bottles, so it almost is sold out at this point. And, you know, it's been fun kind of watching the buzz uh, being generated, not just here, in Saratoga with our barrel, but lots of other light whiskey barrels that are being released around the same time. We've had people call us from different states wondering how they can get their hands on a bottle. And, you know, we're still only shipping within New York at this point. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. There's definitely a buzz about light whiskey. I think people are finally maybe seeing the light uh, a little bit with light whiskey and um, it's pretty fantastic stuff. So, um, you know, it's going to be kind of sad when it's gone, uh, I have to say. So we have to find the next buzz. I hope it, uh, I think the category is cool. I don't think it's ever going to be a huge thing. Obviously it's very niche and it's kind of nerdy, technical, you know, different distillation proofs. I know we talked about it before, not new charred oak, but, um, you know, not to toot our own horn, but it was a lot of fun having folks walk into the shop and say, oh, I've, I've heard some mixed reviews. And these are big bourbon drinkers that are coming in. You know, they're interested in seeing what this is all about, this 99, you know, percent corn and, you know, what's it like? And, I guess there's been some mixed reviews on not necessarily Penelope's light whiskey, but some light whiskeys that have come out in general. And um, and so I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, obviously we're very impressed with ours. We we tasted it before we bought it. We tasted quite a few of them before we bought that barrel. And um, people came back asking, how many more can I get? And that's what you want to hear is that sort of leap of faith and oh i'll get one bottle and then um quickly <laughs> quickly coming back or going online and asking for four or five more for your friends so it was um it was really fun to watch it evolve yeah just a good good bottle you know just just a fun fun new new thing to have and um like i said it's going to be a little sad when it's gone and who doesn't like 66.8 percent abv so yeah and it, it definitely doesn't taste that hot, which is pretty cool no. too. And then we also had uh, quite the St. Patrick's, I guess pre-St. Patrick's Day events. Hopefully everyone else enjoyed their Irish whiskey fix uh, last week. Uh, Charles and I again decided it would be fun um, to have three events back to back on the day before St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, what better way to, to just wipe yourself out and... Um, I don't know. I, I love St. Patrick's Day, not not because of, you know, necessarily going out and see, seeing people sloshed in town, but but more so because Ireland and Irish whiskey gets gets some good, you know, um, exposure during St. Patrick's Day. And for such a long period of time during the year, it's it's kind of a backseat category. I don't know. It shouldn't be. I, I love Irish whiskey. Uh, so we did, uh, the Saratoga Whiskey Club had a, a tasting the night before St. Patrick's Day with some bottles um, that I had sent over from from the UK mostly, actually some from Ireland too. Uh, really fun. I made um, a big pot of corned beef and cabbage and some Guinness uh, chocolate cupcakes. You know, why not go for it all out? That's probably why the podcast didn't get uh, released last <laughs> week as well, but um, you know, it's it's I, I I look forward to Irish whiskey tastings. There's so much great stuff out there. It, you know, we're starting to get some really fun bottles mm -hmm. here in the States, too. You know, we just got this new Method and Madness line. The Waterfords are fantastic. The pot stills, you know, are just the two stacks, you know, the are two stacks is great. Yeah. Um, so just a lot of really cool Irish brands. Um, but, you know, in general, everybody thinks Jameson, Bushmills. You know some of the big uh, names out there and, and that's I mean that is Irish whiskey but I don't that's not what I consider you know just the, party the, whiskey yeah it's party whiskey um, and maybe bad memory whiskey too <laughs> so 
Um, yeah. It's amazing, though. Every year I think, oh, you know, the folks know that there's more than Jameson. They know that there's more than than Bushmills. And, and then we get people into the shop and, you know, every year... And even on my corporate events, people are like, there's other Irish whiskeys? Like what's, so it's still, it's growing. It's great. We're loving seeing Glendalock and all of these other small, medium-sized brands come out, but it still has a way to go for education and enlightenment, I would think. But that's the fun of it, is showing people new things. Um, it's just taking a little bit longer than I always expect for Irish and Ireland. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, some of the brands we did in that tasting that were really just fantastic. And you know, we did the Dingle Batch 6. Mm -hmm. It was the port cask uh, Dingle, the single malt. Oh, my goodness. It was so tasty. Um, all of the tealings, you know, there's so many different types of tealings that are being put out there. And we even did a for Cullen 20 year uh, from Powers Court. Uh, which nobody knows about Powers Court at this point. I mean, we've I've gone a couple of times to the distillery. It's a really, really cool place. For Cullen is kind of their line that they're releasing until they have their own uh, aged spirit. But, you know, it's the the, the previous, uh, you know, guy at, at Cooley who's running the place. So it's pretty cool uh, stuff in general and um, so tasty. We'll have to feature, I don't think we've featured an Irish distillery, so uh, yeah, we whoops. should do that. <laughs> that should have been our feature today. But um, we should probably talk, we have a lot of bottles to go through that are really cool. But yeah, talk about the the whiskey in my glass. So Charles is blind tasting me today. Um, and at first thought, it's starting to open up. I actually, I didn't see that, don't worry. Um, <laughs> I saw you quickly grab something, but... First thought, I was like, there's no way he could have poured another Springbank for me. But, as it, because it has this kind of uh, earthy dampness going on to it. But as I smelled it, I moved to maybe it's Long Row. <laughs> so, still Springbank, but more of a heavy peat. Um, so, we're definitely dealing with a peated whiskey here. It's It's got some oil. I mean, a lot of the oil is actually on the nose, like literal oil, um, which is uh, really fantastic. Definitely dealing with some peat. Um, I, I have, it's embarrassing for me, but it's, I guess it shouldn't be embarrassing. But there was one time in my old job <laughs> that we did a blind tasting just to test our palates of, of core things. And there was a peated expression, and I wrote down Ardbeg 10. And then I kept going back and second-guessing myself, and then went to Lefroig 10, and then went back to Ardbeg. And there's something about peat that trips me up. I have this initial gut reaction. Now, I, I will say, too, I love Isla. I love peated malts, but that's not what I predominantly drink. So not trying to you know, say I get out of it scotch-free, but um, I kept going back and forth and I kept second-guessing myself and it was my initial gut all along. It was Ardbeg 10. It had that citrusy, hmm. you know, very kind of coastal, marine, peppery quality. Mm -hmm. um, and some of you are probably screaming like Lefroig 10 and Ardbeg 10 are so drastically different, but I do sometimes get tripped up on peat. Um, which means maybe I should drink 
drink some more so of it. So you use the term uh, scotch-free. Is it scot-free or scotch-free? I always say scotch. Is it scot-free? <laughs> I think it's scot-free. Well, I guess we don't want to be scotch-free. I think it's free. great, though, that it's... But we don't be, want to be no, scotch-free. we don't want to be scotch-free. I just heard you say that, and it just... Isn't it scotch-free? I think it's scot-free. We'll, we'll have to look that up. We'll Google that I later. I got off scot-free. I'm pretty sure... Scotch free? Maybe I just say scotch so often that I changed it to scotch. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I actually, uh, I, I like hearing that. Scotch free. <laughs> Maybe that's what bourbon drinkers we'll should say. We'll put that sign on our, our window. Scotch free. <laughs> no, I don't They might think, think so. everything's free. Um, so I guess just to be safe, I'm not going to go with a Campbelltown. I'm not going to guess yet, but I'm going to assume that we're going Isla. Um I don't think Ireland's producing this aggressive of a malt. I can't think of an American single malt that... Uh, Not McCarthy's? I don't know. There's a sweetness to it, but I find McCarthy's still pretty fruity. Mm. Like an earthy fruit. This is, for me, has like a burnt oil. Um I really like the nose. I'm enjoying it. One more sip and we'll move on. I need a little bit more time. Sounds good. Tastes good. All right. So we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. <clears throat> while Holly's contemplating whether it's Isla or somewhere else. A Highland um, beaded? I don't know. We're going to talk about all of the new whiskey that's in the shop. Lots and lots and lots of new bottles. And if you haven't been on our website, yeah, if you just click on whiskey mm -hmm. at the top, you can just scroll through all of the latest things that have come through. But quite a quite a lineup. Um, lots of new independent bottlings from uh, some independent bottlers that we've never had in the shop before. Um, some new American, a lot of rum. Wow. Yeah, the the scotch is pretty cool. Um, I must say, and I'm really loving the 700 ml bottle change which is why we're able to see some of these so another great spread from raj at glass revolution um we got some ingle red which is a really cool label it's got very um it's not caveman but like uh hieroglyphics <laughs> on it um but really cool, young, fun. Caveman. <laughs> caveman whiskey. Or lady, cave That's lady. That's really, really old whiskey. <laughs> it's from the caveman era. Well, ironically, it is Ben Nevis that they bottled, yeah, which is kind of tastes like it might be from the cave times. Um, but we got two 13-year-old Ben Nevises, a 17-year Ben Nevis and a 10-year Coila, uh, mostly fresh bourbon, matured, single cast, cast strength, um, and then two Lady of the Glens, which is just so opposite of Cave Lady. Um, it's very floral. It's got, um, I think it is the one of the Scottish flowers, which isn't Heather, but I have to look at the story again. But you'll see all of these beautiful designs on the bottle. And it, it has a very feminine side, but not in a in a... A aggressive like oh they're attacking women way you know come drink our whiskey it's just a more of a delicate side mm. which uh the whiskeys were matured in hogsheads so maybe uh maybe that's the case but that's a manic more 13 year which is not often seen um in independent bottlings and uh dufton which is 
you're familiar with that brand with uh, yeah, a little Singleton. Bit, little Singleton uh, Duff Tint, yeah. So normally released by Diageo under the Singleton range, which in the U.S. market, if you see Singleton, it's actually Duff Tone. Um, so that's, uh, that's a 12-year-old, both cast strength hogsheads. Uh, and those are all 700 ml bottles. So again, we're starting to see uh, little peaks at uh, sneak peeks of what's to come, um, even if it's small amounts. I mean, these are things that we're thrilled to see because normally they'd be left in Europe and uh, we would just look at them on Whiskey Exchange or some other European retailer site. So yeah, and I, I I personally have never tasted any from anything from Ingle Red before or Lady of the Glen. Mm -hmm. So. For me, it's really exciting to see these brands um, coming here. You know, when I go to Scotland, I do try and, and expand my horizons by trying all sorts of different independent bottlings, but you know, there's just so many now and there, there's some really great ones. So pretty cool to get those. And then a bunch of new Black Adder came in this week. We have um, some new raw cask scotch. We have three of them, um, well actually four. We have another Bunahaven. Stawisha, so heavily peated, seven year. We have a an incredible Lechik, uh, sixteen year raw cask. I mean, my goodness, I can't even mm -hmm. imagine we got our hands on that. Uh, and an Altmore, uh, eleven year raw cask. And then we did get um, another couple of Red Snakes, uh, but this is their peated line. So we did two uh, Red Snake uh, casks before, which were unpeated. Uh, and super solid. Uh, we did a tasting with those. A number of people were buying bottles after that tasting, and now we have the peated expression, so can't wait to open those up. Now, I do have one bone to pick, and this is not uh, a negative thing, Raj, if you're listening. I don't know if he's one of our um, many, many listeners that we have on this podcast, but... Um, with these new independent bottlers, I know all of our palates are different and tasting notes, you know, we should not always listen to them and we need to taste it for ourselves and blah, blah, blah. But uh, Lady of the Glen came in with a few words, very simple. Okay, thank you. Um, could have maybe guessed those, that there was fruit in a Hogshead Speyside whiskey, not to be, <laughs> not to be rude. Inglered came with nothing. There's no information or... Um, I mean, they have a distillery website, but again, we're talking single cast and Black Adder is notorious for that. And I know that they claim that you need to taste it for yourself and get it, got it, good. But uh, I think it might be helpful for some tasting notes. Um, I know people can get a little creative, but it does help at least lead you in the right direction, um, especially for someone who's new to independent bottlers and new to an independent bottler they've never heard of before. DS Taman does a good job with it. They're new. I just wish there was a, a little bit more to lure. I mean, people especially in. these these aren't entry price no. level bottles either. You know, this is it's a big risk. You're you're yeah. throwing out some dollars for these, so you know, just something. You know, I, I know <laughs> like you you know some are pretty good about it, but you know, especially like Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Not that we have any of their bottles, but my goodness, they go the opposite direction. There's like. Yeah. Too many notes. More but, comical. Uh, yeah. And it's fun, but it's a lot of fun, and I'm a huge fan. But, um, you know, just something. We need, you know, we can't open these bottles ourselves here in the shop. 
uh, all the time either, um, or we won't have bottles to sell. Because then so. the shop really would close if we bought everything <laughs> we wanted. <laughs> Just for tasting notes, yeah. I mean, I, I do want to taste all of these, yeah. Raj, uh, but, you know. Um, but just some feedback for the brands. Yeah, it's just my yeah. personal opinion. Doesn't have to be crazy. Maybe you just share it with your retail partners. Just something because we're kind of left in the dark for a $200 bottle and we want to grow your brand and build it. So um, we also got Cotswolds Peated, which I am just raving about. Don't care what anyone says. I am really loving the Cotswolds range and the Peated is something that I am just adoring right now. It's a uh, very middle of the road peat because it is not peated barley. So it's their unpeated malt um, from the Cotswolds region of England. So they're producing an English malt. Um, and then it's matured in, it originally said just um, peated quarter casks, but we all know that who uses quarter casks pretty regularly for a core release, and that's Lefroy. Well, I thought you were going to say Ardbeg. <laughs> Is it Ardbeg? No, Lefroy. Wait, Ardbeg. Lefroy. <laughs> So that was, uh, and then it was confirmed by the brand manager when I was down in New York City. So it's, I love it. It's just very sweet, silky vanilla with all of these Laphroaig smoke explosions uh, throughout the palette. So I'm really enjoying that. That's over 60% ABV. Um, and then into the American whiskey world, we got uh, a few single barrels of rye and bourbon from Boone County, which we always love to have on the shelf, some six-year-old um, whiskeys from them. Those are still sourced, but they did just a release, and we just got our hands on their own distilled pot still bourbon, which we enjoyed when we were down there. Yeah, we, we, we had that um, when we were there last year, and then I also put that in the the count the advent calendar mm -hmm. for the saratoga whiskey club and everybody really enjoyed it uh in december as well so it's pretty exciting that we have that on the shelf right now pretty cool distillery so we've got that we got some um of the lucky seven six-year-old single cask the proprietor i have trouble keeping up with their names but um that's their single cask cast strength um, we'd also got king's family distillery weeded five-year-old single barrel I hadn't heard of King's Family Distillery, but I guess it's uh, some pretty reputable folks that have started it down in Tennessee. And very similar uh, you know, situation as a lot of the other distilleries we talk about, Boone County, and they're making their own whiskey, but sourcing whiskey. So this is an MGP weeded single barrel. Um, and uh, a friend came into the shop who's a big bourbon fan, and I said, look, I haven't tried it, but it's a great price for a weeded it's MGP, you know, I'm I'm hoping, fingers crossed, they're good blenders. Our distributor, who we trust, recommended it. And I was like, if you buy it, like, can you just give me a review? So he brought it home, gave me a review, and he said it was pretty great. He said he would want to have it on his back bar. Nice, silky, creamy palette, what you would want from a weeded whiskey. So excited to see what else we get from them. Um, yeah, and then a few other New World whiskeys as well. That, that came in and rum which i didn't even list yeah we have the amrut uh, we're, we're really loving amrut's uh, releases uh, these days we did um, some single cask amrut recently uh, we did the fino uh, was one of our tastings but we got in the new spectrum 004 uh, which is a pretty limited uh, release uh, we also got in their single malts of india need hall which is um I guess a peated expression, um, 
should be pretty cool. I really want to taste that one, see what that's all about. Um, and then we did get in a couple of Caden heads, not, not Indian, but uh, Daluane uh, Cash Strength, a Tomantol 14 year. Um, and then we got a ton of rum in. Uh, we got some <laughs> incredible Black Adder rums uh, from Trinidad, from uh, Jamaica. We actually got a 26 year old. Um, our most expensive bottle in the shop happens to be rum. <laughs> rum. Um, so pretty cool, uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, we got another cognac in as well. So just a ton of stuff. I, I, you definitely need to um, get on our website and check it all out. It's pretty cool. Um, we just got a lot all in at once. And um, yeah, so we probably bored you to death with all of these uh, new bottles. Well, we We're excited about them. it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I got um, a review from, because again, we can't open all of those rums. And uh, we like rums. We know a bit. We trust Blackadder, but it's definitely, you know, we're a whiskey shop, um, but it's great to have. And my friend, so many shout outs today, but Anthony Levinson um, down in New York, oh, he was bar. texting me last night and uh, it was his birthday. So he sent me a photo of what he was drinking and the nine-year-old Fiji rum was in the mix. Hmm. And I said, oh, that's one we haven't opened. Like, can you let me know what you think? And uh, <laughs> some of his tasting notes, this was probably well before he had had a few uh, drinks too, but he described it as um, more of like an oceany, not seafood, because I asked if he meant seafood by ocean, um, but like ocean, coastal, burning crabs and pool toys. Um, so like a plastic industrial, it actually sounded like um, a Tobermory mixed with a Lechegg. So <laughs> that's basically what it sounds like. It sounds delicious. Um, so I was excited to hear about that. Nothing like gnawing on a pool noodle. Pool noodle, rubber, and uh, some burning <laughs> crab meat. <laughs> Burnt go. crab meat. So uh, something to look forward to. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. I it actually made me want to buy it more. So, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we'll we'll leave the new bottles, but we actually didn't even uh, discuss all of them. So the shop's been completely reorganized. Um, it was quite the overhaul. I think we were we were sweating a bit, literally, from physical manual labor. Um, but if you're local, the shop is looking really, really sharp. So definitely come in and see all of our new bottles. And um, I just wanted to touch base on this whiskey again before we go into uh, our feature distillery. It's it's got a very burnt quality to it. Are you are you getting that? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like it's peat, but it's burnt. It's um. It's making me want to think it's maybe a Highland peat. Um, because it has more of that tree, not not floral though, but it has more of that, you know, burnt tree, burnt oak sort of quality. But then I know you also have tons of Fagile bottles. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if uh, you would share that with me, but <laughs> those I, are special. I share, I share some those pretty are, special bottles with those you. Those are very special to Charles though. <laughs> I know they are. Um, I don't have much left in those, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm still not quite ready. I guess I'll, I'm going to stick with Isla, so we'll leave it there, and I'll let you know after we... I'm going to sip it while you start out with Boone County, which is a distillery we're, okay. we're featuring. All right, so we're going to talk about um, Boone County. Uh, we did mention them a little bit earlier because we got uh, three bottles in this week from them, but 
Um, Holly and I visited Boone County for the first time last May, uh, so almost a year ago. Wow, time is flying. Um, you know, it's been one of those uh, distilleries that you just don't know a lot about. They're, they're, you know, releasing some source things. I first found out about Boone County about five years ago or so. I can't remember exactly, but I was in um, Lexington, Kentucky, and I was at Justin's House of Bourbon. They had pretty much just opened um, the store and they had a number of great uh, bottles available. But one of them was a single barrel from Boone County uh, Bourbon. And it was like tw it was a 12 year. And I was like, wow, you know, this is pretty cool. I'm going to buy this. It was not cheap. It was, you know, probably at least 100 bucks or so. Um, brought it back up to Saratoga. We opened it for one of our tastings and wow, what an incredible barrel that they found. Um, and again, you know, five years ago, I think you were able to, to get some of these incredible barrels that were that old. Uh, and you know, this is kind of before, uh, single store picks or single barrel picks like that really took off. So there was still some available, but Boone County had always been on my radar ever since that um, great bottle that we purchased. And so it was finally time to go visit the distillery. And so Holly and I went in May. Um, it's it's actually a distillery that is, um, you know, trying to recreate the history of the area. Uh, like a lot of these distilleries, we talked about Peerless before, you know, a lot of these distilleries have a story and, you know, that's what makes um, traveling and visiting these places so great because you know you get to learn about the history of the area and why these brands are trying to revitalize um, that history but so it was actually born in 1833 uh, the the Boone County um, name um, and you know I'm gonna let Holly jump in here because some of it's kind of over my head. Uh, she put these notes together, so I don't want to make the wrong uh, claims here. But, you know, they really resurrected themselves in 2015. And it's been, you know, ever since then and just recently started releasing their own stuff. So um, I'm going to let her jump in here on the Made by Ghost story. It's not Charles's fault. I have... um. I always have notes for distilleries and and whatnot when I'm doing events or and it's become a little bit of Holly's distillery shorthand. So it's not Charles's fault that it. Might I not. can't remember everything. <laughs> well, I mean, but we can try. We can yes. try and remember everything. Um, yes. But yeah, I my first line on these notes was made by ghosts. Dot dot dot. Hmm. Okay. So. I get that that's their their story, and I, I remember at the distillery they wanted it to be a little spooky. You know, I felt like they were trying to scare us with haunted stories a bit, and that's fine. Obviously, you know, um, that's a long time ago, but Boone County um, actually sits in northern Kentucky, and it's it just hugs the kind of west up northern coast of that Ohio River. So Cincinnati is basically looking down on Boone County, Kentucky. And so if you have that river, you would imagine there was quite a bit of industry in this area. And I guess there were quite a few distilleries in this area, obviously easy access to get your barrels in and out and transport your whiskey. And so apparently this this guy, um, William Schneider and his brother and a few other folks, they owned a 
bunch of different uh, factories and and this steam mill that they had, they decided that in 1833 they were going to make a distillery. Um, and so that was called St. Petersburg Distillery. And so that really is the one that they're trying to resurrect as Boone County Distillery is today. And uh, I guess he had quite a wild, you know, he had a bear at one point. You remember all these stories? Yeah. Like he had a bear that attacked a lady and then had to get rid of the bear and owned a tannery. And he was kind of like this wild character. Sounds like Mike Tyson. <laughs> Well, I felt bad for the bear. It probably wasn't <laughs> wasn't the bear's fault. He bit a girl, but um, hopefully she was well, fine. Well, he did bite Holyfield's ear off too. So. <laughs> yeah, and he's a human that knows better. Yes. So, <laughs> um, so poor bear. I think he was probably we lost him at that point. But by 1880, they were the largest distillery in Kentucky. So again, they're trying to bring back. Hey, there's some history outside of Louisville, Bardstown, and Lexington, which is. You know, I I enjoyed that part of it. Like, hey, actually, a lot more was happening up in northern Kentucky um, in Ohio. So uh, 1880, they were the largest distillery in Kentucky, producing uh, about 4 million gallons of whiskey per year. That is, a for that time, that's a lot of whiskey. You know, most distilleries now can only hope for that, that are small to medium-sized um, and obviously have modern technology. So... Um, Again, they're producing their own whiskey. Um, I think they had a gin and a liqueur as well, too. But I, I really adore their pot still. Um, but all of their sourced whiskey, I think, is what really gave them their claim to fame. And their mash bill is 74% corn, 21% rye, 5% malted barley. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, has a kind of more of your classic mash bill, but a little bit higher in corn. So it's got a nice sweetness. Um and I will say the distillery was really cool, uh, but it's industrial. Remember, it's, it's craft. I mean, if there yeah. was, um, you know, some of these smaller distilleries try and make themselves look like big distilleries by the way that where they're located and maybe the building or mm -hmm. or these kinds of things. And then you have what I call craft distillers that are basically in warehouses or very, you know industrial parks. Um, you know, it looks like it could be a brewery. You know, it doesn't, they don't really care what the building looks like. You know, it's more about uh, the, the equipment inside. So they're not trying to, you know, who knows, maybe at some point they're going to move into a facility that looks more like a distillery. But, um, you know, it's, it's what I would consider craft. It's that very much, you know, home brewer look mm -hmm. and feel. I yeah. mean, they do have a nice gift, uh, you know, uh, gift area or, or um, gift shop. And, you know, a little tasting area, but, um, you know, the tasting area is actually pretty nice. We didn't go into that when we were there, yeah. but they took us there this last time I was there and it's pretty nice. Um, so, you know, who knows what's going to happen with them going forward. They have a pretty big warehouse with lots of barrels at this point. So it would be a big, big deal if they were to try and relo relocate, but um, pretty awesome. Pretty cool. I just don't think their location is haunted, though, because it's no. very modern. And if you need to ship a package, there is a huge FedEx facility <laughs> right behind them. That's what I remember driving in. It was actually quite busy because they're they're pretty much right off the highway. So you're going to get a lot of travelers heading down to the Bourbon Trail that can um, yeah can easy access yeah. for sure, uh, which is good. But it's it's very new um, new construction, so it's definitely not haunted. No. <laughs> but made by ghosts, St. Petersburg Distillery. Until they have it? No. I won't say. <laughs> Until the bear comes back. Until the bear, and, yeah. Um, 
yeah, so Boone County, definitely, we don't always get access to it either. So, you know, if you haven't had it yet, I would start, uh, you know, getting some of their MGP single barrels and getting a vibe for what they what they like and what they're picking and blending. Um, and then, yeah, their pot still's a great price too. It's a pretty solid price. Yeah, good stuff. All right, you want to try and guess this whiskey finally? I'm between Long Row and Isla. It's it's not Kilhoman. I should never do it's not because you just never know. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's not bright enough for Kilhoman. Um, it's not. It might be like a refill sherry, but I'm I'm thinking it's more of like a Hogshead or or bourbon. But it could be it could be a refill sherry. Um, probably a Hogshead. Maybe in its teenage years, but like. A little bit older. I want to say it's something special you have from Lafroig, but uh, I don't know. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous about this one. I, you know, I'm coming off the high of guessing Springbank. Yeah. That's so. True. Um, All right. So we're gonna let's go, Isla. Do, okay, she's right with okay. Isla. Okay. So that's good. She she hit that one, even though she started on the wrong peninsula or <laughs> wrong place. Um, so this is actually, this is not a fish bottle. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is, but it is one of my favorite distilleries on Isla. Uh, I have a number of these bottles mm -hmm. in my uh, bunker. Um, this is actually a Bunahaven. Uh. Uh, this is from actually the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society though. So this isn't a Bunahaven that you can get normally. And this is actually one of their older bottlings. Um, they did a few years ago now, I think, uh, change their labels and kind of their style um, but this one came out I can't remember if this is 2018 2017 somewhere around that time period but it's cast number 10.176 um, and it's called tea smoked salmon and actually I remember tasting this at one of our club tastings and it really kind of hit the nail on the head with mm -hmm. that with that uh, name but it is, um, it's second fill, uh, hogshead, uh, and then an ex Oloroso, second fill Spanish oak Oloroso hogshead, 11 years old, 59.2%. Okay. Uh, so you were very good with that. Um, but yeah, this, I just had a little uh, one and a half ounce, mm -hmm. two ounce bottle. It's really good. Uh, left of this one that I poured for myself. Um, so this would be their Steosha, like if they yeah. were to release, yeah. they're heavily peated. Yeah. 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 So. Dang it, Bunahaven. I always just, in my mind, I know they produce peated and we've enjoyed lots of it, but I just think of these nice rich fruits for their, you know, unpeated, lighter peated malts. Um, this is, is really just this long sort of burnt, burntness um like this sweet burnt quality i it's young i, like I it. mean it's not young but it's it's 11 years and it's you know high cash strength um very i don't know I, the finish goes on and on uh for me i, I really yeah. love this one peak can sometimes though to hide youth so it's um, x it's nine years in x bourbon hogshead and then it's into the second fill spanish oak Excellent. So I was close on the cask. Yeah. I was thinking refill sherry and or hogshead. There were only 90 bottles in the U.S. Uh, at the time. All right. 
Boona, you got me. We'll uh, we'll try again next time. Thank goodness I stuck with Isla. Um, so we'll keep sipping, and we do have a, a piece of news that we wanted to bring up. It's been a little bit light on the news, but um, something that we always keep an eye on is any sort of acquisition of who's buying up who. Uh, we won't take long on it, but um, Heaven Hill uh, recently acquired and purchased Samson and Surrey, which is the owner of Bren, uh, French whiskey, Widow Jane, uh, which a lot of us know that bourbon down in Brooklyn, Few, which is probably the big one, Few Spirits, bourbons, rise, um, lots of different expressions. And they do have a few mezcals and Blue Coat Gin, which I know is, uh, I guess, pretty popular. But um, so a, an interesting portfolio, definitely a premium um, kind of craft uh, portfolio. Uh, and Samson and Surrey was founded in 2016 to be uh, a haven for these sort of premium craft brands. Um, and they were purchased and bought out by Heaven Hill, which, you know, is behind Elijah Craig, Bernheim, Larceny, Henry McKenna, um, Pikesville, I mean, tons of whiskey, but then I actually got on their website and, and I always forget that they're also behind a lot of vodka and gin brands. I mean, they just produce a lot of alcohol. So I guess they're looking to premiumize their their offerings. Um, it should be interesting, though, to see because these have been around for a while, uh, Widow Jane and Few. So it'll be interesting to see how they, maybe they start producing them. I don't know what the plan is. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I was interested by this acquisition as well because you know those are those are pretty well-named brands, uh, especially you know Few in Chicago um, and Widow Jane. I mean, we they've been around a long time now. And I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago about uh, the craft beer world and you know how they've definitely kind of plateaued during COVID, and you know they've actually been hurting because there's just so many different craft breweries now, and they're you know kind of cannibalizing each other in a way. You know, so it's interesting. I'm kind of curious if that's ever going to transition over to the to the craft whiskey side. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they start producing it. I mean, that's their thing, right? They have brands that they produce um, or if they're actually Heaven Hill um, or if they're actually going to let them still produce their own whiskey. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a feeling they'll let them do still do their own thing. Maybe not. Well, who knows? Widow we'll Jane see. is small. Maybe not I mean, Widow Jane, but few. I can't imagine there yeah. that few is going to stop production. And Bren's not necessarily in that camp either. Right. So maybe they. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I uh, just on a, a parting note, I thought some of Heaven Hill's acquisitions were a little bit comical <laughs> over the years. This is definitely premium compared to some of their previous uh, purchases. Uh, I know it's it's cool now and it's coming back. There's billboards, but they bought Hypnotic Liqueur in 2003, um, uh, a rum, Admiral Nelson's in 2012, Deep Eddy Vodka, um, an Irish Cream, and Black Velvet Canadian Whiskey. So not knocking those, but these are definitely very different alcohols <laughs> than what they've purchased. They're magical. They're hypnotic. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, Pretty uh, pretty trendy stuff they've got going on over there at Heaven Hill. But we'll 
we'll leave you with that. We'll see what comes of, of that purchase. And I'm sure we'll have lots of other new cool bottles to share next week. And maybe we'll feature an Irish distillery oh, next uh, next good. podcast as well. We'll do that. So, all right. Cheers. See you in Saratoga. If yeah, you're going come for the summer. to 68 Washington. We're waiting for you on <laughs> the main drive. <laughs> we have a parking lot. We're waiting for you. <laughs> I don't see, see you. See you soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.